0: Welcome to the Wealth Standing Podcast. This is episode 238. Today is July 10th, 2017. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at InvestableWealth.com. Well, in today's episode, I kind of want to do a down and dirty edition and answer what I referenced last week about... My lack of concern for a major military action to erupt in North Korea, and really more specifically that I'm not worried about North Korea escalating into like a World War III where the stock market is going to collapse or something like that. In fact, I'm not discounting that there might be military action in North Korea. And in fact, if it does happen, I think it needs to happen here pretty quick. We'll discuss that in a minute. But if it does, I would view that as a buying opportunity and not a time to sell in panic. Okay, well, there you go. That's the essence of today's whole podcast. I'll give you some rationale and explain my thoughts on that here in just a minute. But no cliffhanger. You know where I stand on it. I'm not losing any sleep over it. Before I get into my rationalization on North Korea, though, let me just do a couple of housekeeping notes here. Number one, I'm a really poor marketer. And so I forget to mention things about my book and appearances I'm in and about to do, things like that. So I, I just want to thank everybody. I really pumped up my book before Father's Day. I asked you to go out and buy it for the, your fathers. I know many of you have. I know that many fathers went out and bought the book for their younger sons and daughters, their millennials, that they wanted to read and get an idea of what's going on in this new technological revolution that's happening with automation and how to think logically, how to prepare yourself for those things, how to know be concerned with your career but think about entrepreneurship think about investing those are all things that are encapsulated in the book it's more than just about automation it's about how i think and it's those very simple steps that i use in the book that essentially got me to where i am today so it's definitely a good read Many of you have purchased it. I appreciate it. There's about, I don't know, 16 or so reviews over at Amazon. They're all five-star reviews. I really, really appreciate those of you that have done that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now something else I failed to mention is that next week I will be down in Las Vegas attending Freedom Fest. Last year I spoke at the event. This year I won't be speaking, but I will be doing a book signing with The Robots Are Coming. So if you're going to be at Freedom Fest, make sure you get in touch with me. We'll link up, and we can have a good time down there in Vegas. A couple other things. Now, these have already happened in the past, but because of the miracle of the Internet, you can go back and listen and watch them. I've recently made a couple appearances that I forgot to tell you about. One of them is on a podcast. It's a relatively new podcast. It's called Old Dudes, New Tricks. It's hosted by my very good friend, Gary Collins. Uh, We have a real good time just discussing things back and forth. Him and I have known each other for a long time. Uh, We obviously talk about my book. We talk about investing. We talk about life in general. Pretty much, you know, how basically I was a a 25-year overnight success. So check that out. I have a link for that in today's show notes. And then also, I appeared on my first live radio show, and that was Computer America. And there'll be a, a link for that in today's show notes as well. Well, there you have it. I think that's all the housekeeping items. Now, let's get into North Korea. As I mentioned, I'm not losing any sleep over it. I know depending upon what type of news network you listen to or what type of alternative media listening to, you may be getting hammered with fear and trepidation. But I only worry about things that I have an ability to control, things that are in my sphere of influence. And really, when it comes to war in the Korean Peninsula, the only thing I can do about it is position my finances so that I don't lose any money and perhaps so that I can even make money. Now, while that may seem cruel and uh, mean-spirited, that's really not the intent at all. You see, again, I can't do anything to help a peaceful resolution to what's going on anywhere in the world, let alone North Korea. So I'm not being callous. I'm just being practical. Okay, now here's the deal. Number one, I don't think military actions are going to escalate in North Korea. And the reason I believe that is because it's a pattern that happens again and again. It happens specifically with North Korea, but it happens all around the globe. For example, the nuclear program in Iran. Throughout the eight years of George Bush's presidency, we pretty much nonstop heard that either the U.S. or Israel or perhaps even Saudi Arabia would go in and bomb the uh, the nuclear research facilities in the Iranian desert to prevent them from going on to further develop nuclear weapons. And we know there were viruses sent into their computers and the centrifuge systems were hacked. All those kind of things happened. And despite all the rumors of a military strike during the eight years of George Bush nothing ever happened and then you know what the the rumors really didn't stop during the eight years of Barack Obama well nothing ever happened we never got into a direct confrontation with Iran over their nuclear weapons program well I think the same thing will continue to happen with North Korea and it's basically something that's happened more or less to one degree or another over the last 60 years Ever since the Korean War's been over, we've played a cat-and-mouse game with North Korea, regardless of who the leader was. North Korea acts badly. They rattle their swords. They act aggressively. They have uh, probing ep- episodes or exercises against South Korea. They maybe make some kind of threatening action against Japan uh, in recent decades. They've been developing nuclear weapons. They've you know, constantly sold advanced weapons. Uh, weapons and missile systems in the Middle East and other places and they've done all these things to provoke the US into giving them some type of humanitarian or or financial aid and it either came directly from the US or came from the World Bank or International Monetary Fund or some other type of organization but basically North Korea played bad boy they pushed things to the brink but never too far and then they were paid off to be good and they were good for a while until they needed more money now, the reason they were able to get away with this is because, for the most part, in recent decades anyways, they've been backed up by China. Let's step back a minute. Let's think about the Korean War that happened in the 1950s. When North Korea invaded South Korea, North Korea did it not because they had the will and the might and the strength of their own economy, but primarily because they were being backed up by the Soviet Union. It was another one of those proxy wars like the many that went on during the Cold War years then the Chinese entered into that war. The world has changed since 1950. The Soviet Union doesn't exist anymore. The Russians do not have the monetary efforts to fund these proxy wars in Asia and in Central America and South America and Africa like they did during the height of the Cold War years. And this is particularly true now that OPEC can't even get the price of a barrel of oil much above $44. So. The Russians are pretty much out of fighting a proxy war in North Korea. That leaves the Chinese. And while I would agree that the Chinese are definite instigators in any of the problems that we have with North Korea, and that they use the North Koreans as a proxy to give the United States the one-finger salute, they also don't want matters to escalate to World War III. If the Chinese can no longer export to either North America or Europe, their economy falls apart. They are not a self-sustaining, stable internal economy. Now, they may evolve to that at some point. I actually think that's questionable. But even if that would happen in the future, they are not there today. And so if the Chinese are not selling products to the Americans, then the Chinese people go hungry, they become unhappy, and they become a threat to the communist Chinese government. They don't want to be dealing with one billion hungry, upset Chinese peasants. And so they're not going to force World War III with the United States. Now, if we were to do something stupid like we did in the 50s and try and push on from North Korea onto the Chinese border, well, that might be a different story. But that's not what we're talking about right here. We're simply talking about inhibiting North Korea from making any further advancements with their nuclear program or from developing or actually firing intercontinental ballistic missiles that are tipped with nuclear warheads. Which takes me to the other point of whether they do or do not have nukes and the delivery ability to use them, that doesn't mean they will. What do you think would happen if North Korea nuked Los Angeles? Do you think that would result in World War III? Or do you think that would simply result in North Korea being annihilated? Now while I admit that wouldn't be good for necessarily the global economy, the environment would suffer, all those kind of things would be issues, I I agree. But I don't think it's likely to happen simply because of the same reason that we never went to war with the Soviet Union during the Cold War days. It was mutually assured destruction. And in this case, it's unilateral destruction because although the North Koreans could hurt South Korea, they could hurt Japan, they could hurt maybe Hawaii, maybe they could get a missile over to Oregon or Washington State or California. But they are not going to destroy the United States. But if they ever took that kind of an action, there is no doubt in anyone's mind that North Korea would no longer exist. And so for that very reason, I don't think it's going to happen. If there was military action in North Korea, I think it would be swift and a scorched earth policy. Seoul, Korea is only, what, 30 miles away from North Korean artillery? If North Korea shot over some conventional artillery or maybe lobbed over a Scud missile or two, then we'd probably see some military responses like we've seen uh, when when, similar things happened in Israel, when Israel came under a Scud fire attack. But again, that never escalated to a full-fledged World War III or really any type of major conflict at all, not in terms of the way it would affect the United States economy. And if anything more than just a little border skirmish happens where North Korea, you know, seriously launches an artillery barrage on Seoul, well, again, I think that gives the White House a clear pathway to annihilating North Korea. In that case, I don't think they'd do it with nuclear weapons. I think they'd do it with conventional weapons. But it wouldn't matter because we have the naval capacity right now sitting right there along the shoreline of the Korean Peninsula We have the naval capabilities with the aircraft carriers and the destroyers and the submarines and everything we need to launch a conventional attack that within an hour or two would knock North Korea well into the Stone Age. And again, for that very reason, that's why I think it won't happen. So will we send in a SEAL team or a Ranger team to make a political assassination there? Or will we encourage some type of uh, an internal coup to take place? Well, maybe. You know, Did that ever work with Castro in Cuba? No. It hasn't worked up to this point in North Korea either. So I think the same old cat-and-mouse game that's been going on for 60-odd years will continue. And if there is any kind of military intervention over this summer I would hold my existing positions and if the market dropped down low I would most likely use that as a buying opportunity and not a selling opportunity and I don't think that this dilemma is gonna go on much longer than the summer because I don't think that either side wants to be fighting a war in North Korea in the winter time so we've got another six to eight weeks if something's gonna happen I think it's going to happen and ultimately what I think is going to happen is that China will use this as a bargaining technique to help advance their position with some kind of a global trade deal with the White House. They'll have it set up so no one loses face. They'll allow North Korea to keep being the bad boy. But ultimately, things will tone down a little bit. North Korea will get some extortion money. China will get some kind of a trade concession. And everybody will be happy. Agree? Disagree? Hey, I can't predict the future.